Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm the co-host of the program. Charlie's not here because this is a Dumbleep Recap episode. That's right. You know it. Every single week, we bring in, I don't know, maybe 10 of the dumbest things that happened that week. And then the people in the live group who joined up via joingml Dot com, they get to vote on what the dumbest thing is. And then at the end of the year, we bring it all together, tournament style, to decide what the dumbest thing said was in the entire year. It is a big deal, and it is always a very popular episode. So what we're going to do in this episode, and many more like it, we are going to play you the time that we spent talking about this on the Dumb Leap episode. And this is going to be broken down. These episodes are going to be broken down by month. Once we decide what the winner per month is, there will not be a winner decided in this recap episode. All of that voting will take place in our private Discord server, which you can get to by going to joingml.com. We will decide what the winner of the month is. Then we will divide those by quarter. The winner of Q1, 2, 3, and 4. We'll go together in the final four to decide what the dumb bleep of the year is. Coming up on December 30th, I believe it will be next Friday. So enjoy listening to the recap. It's always fun to go back and see how we were talking about specific things almost a year ago. And remember some of the dumb that occurred. Have fun. I think it's probably true. I mean, you think why would he have a reason to lie to people? Dumpling number caught. six. Here we go. Is a picture of Mayor Garcetti with Magic Johnson, and I don't know who that other person is. I feel badly for that. It's probably Mayor Garcetti's wife. It's much shorter than Magic Johnson. I'll tell you that. L.A. Mayor Garcetti says he held his breath for maskless photo with Magic Johnson. Mm. I didn't realize how racist he was. <laughs> He held his breath, folks. Yeah. So now, as long as you hold your breath, it's okay Mm -hmm. to walk around and take pictures and be close to people and touch them 
as long as you uh, hold your breath. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, sorry, one of the gifts just came through in the live group, threw me off track right there. I'm just saying, I'm calling BS on the fact that he was sitting there holding his breath in every photo that he took while he was at the NFC Championship game. I'm just, listen, you can do it. You've been holding your breath this whole podcast for the last couple of days because you, you're infected. I know. Well, Charlie holds his breath every time I'm talking, and that that stops the spread right there. Because once I stop talking or I move away, like there's no more germs in the air after that anywhere. It's what just ca- all so ri- The theater what is insane. What kind of toddler shit is this? <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is childlike, like immature, getting called out for something and be like, well, I held my breath. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of, uh, oh, what's that hilarious video? Where that kid's getting in trouble. He's like, Linda, Linda, listen, Linda. Listen, Linda, little three-year-old. I didn't eat the cupcake, Linda. No, of course not. It literally, it's like children. Yeah, it is. We're, we, we, have, we have elected children into office um, that have never grown up. This is unbelievable. This is what you get, folks. Nicole asks, does Nate have COVID again? I do. I tested positive for COVID on Wednesday. I was pretty sick on Wednesday and felt pretty bad yesterday morning. Today, I'm happy to report no symptoms today. Just a little bit congested. Other than that, He's further away from death than he was on Wednesday. My wife, on the other hand, is still very, very ill this Mm. morning. And it's her birthday. And she's super sick with COVID. So happy birthday. Anyway. Happy birthday. Yep. I'm just glad it's her and not me. Just <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Well, how about your hair? Your hair's looking full. It's as so full, full as man. can be. I think this round of COVID actually inserted more hair, it stimulated <laughs> the growth. It, yeah. it did the opposite it's effect. It's like a cycle returning the hair growth yeah. when it came back. So you're just at home making out with your wife trying to get more. Trying to get more COVID growth <laughs> out there, yeah. The Omicron is so far looking like it enhances hair growth. This next one comes from a debate. Oh, this, this is Oxford good. Union debate. And Michaela, I, we, we heard this first from Dr. Jordan Peterson when he was on Joe Rogan. Tied together, he talked about Michaela's debate where she was talking about how she only eats meat. And then they had a, a vegan come up there and talk about why you shouldn't <coughs> eat meat. Okay. And her reasoning was not that, uh, well, these are living creatures and it's wrong to kill them. You know, they, they feel pain and it's bad. Her reason, well, you know what? We're just going to have to play it for you because it might be a little bit ridiculous. Let's see what she had to say. Read the motion, and I believe we should move beyond all meat. So, what we choose to eat has consequences far beyond the circumference of our plates. Specifically, your vote tonight expresses your allegiance to or rejection of a white supremacist patriarchal worldview. (laughs) Do we vote to further inequality and sustain world-destroying violence? In the sexual politics of meat, we know how settler colonialism worked and a race and replace system that forced indigenous people off the land, replacing them with cattle and white settlers. I recognize today as Indigenous Peoples Day. One of the defining aspects of the colonial legacy is an ongoing white supremacist belief system and an ownership paradigm. When you own the land, you get the title to it. Entitlement and ownership are linked. 
All the justifications for the taking of land by white colonial authorities included the claim, well, the Indians can't prove they own the land. Hunting exists within this colonial ownership paradigm. It presumes that animals don't have title to their own lives. Once dispossessed of their lives, the, the hunted animal hunt, can become uh, your property. Oh, they never hunted. Okay, oh. buffalo. Making sure. Uh, in a minute. Tatanka. Approximately 90% of Native Americans were killed off by erase and replace settler colonialism. It's the new colonialism that boasts, I'll hunt for myself and be grateful like the Native Americans. As well, like the Native Americans, I thank the animal for their sacrifice. And I wonder, how do you know the animal would have picked you to feed off their corpse? The argument that hunting is ethical presumes that some primeval form of eating exists, <laughs> unmediated by corrupting influences of society. There's no room in the new colonialism for an indigenous worldview to exist. 70% of the population would have to be eliminated for people to try to rely on hunting to survive. Who would live and who dies and who decides? As for domesticated animals, Percy Shelley pointed out just after being expelled from Oxford, the quantity of nutritious vegetable matter consumed in fattening the carcass of an ox would afford 10 times the sustenance if gathered immediately from the bosom of the earth. Now, one, I just got to stop it real, qu real quick. She's basically saying that we're, we're fattening up the, the ox, the oxen, all of them. And we could use that food just for, you know, people. And just provide all that. That food wouldn't exist if we weren't growing it to also try and feed all of them at the same time. Right. You know, that's why all of that food is being grown. It yep. wouldn't just still exist after, uh, after you got rid of eating animals. Okay, sorry. 200 years after Shelley, as we've heard, one third of the landmass of the world is committed to animal agriculture. Entire ecosystems are disappearing. 80% of deforested acres in the Amazon were cleared for animal-based cattle grazing. And yet tonight at dinner, I saw the lion's eaters send meat back from their plates. So-called free-range animals contribute more greenhouse gases, while killing them in mobile slaughterhouses requires more water than industrial slaughterhouses and leaves behind an immense amount of waste requiring an intense amount of chemicals in the process. Your meat may be organic, but your slaughtering isn't. <laughs> if you eat animals, you take up more climate space, requiring more water, more land, more forest deforestation, contributing more greenhouse gases. This is felt disproportionately by countries in the global south. Their carbon footprint is smaller, but they experience more frequent and intense climate change-caused weather events. These events especially affect girls and young women. Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny. The Western world colonized their space without sending a single beef eater. Through colonial power, meat eating is also one of the ways gender-based structures of oppression are perpetuated. Men in the West are taunted to renew their man card by eating meat because that's what real men do. That's the sexual politics of meat, and it reveals how unsettled masculinity really is. Back home, my library card is good for seven years, but a man card can expire between breakfast and lunch if someone eats a veggie burger. <laughs> masculinity, Same. a construct... 
Okay, we gotta stop this. What is she gotta- saying? <laughs> she actually believes this stuff. Uh, this is a it's a twelve minute video that I cut down to uh, seven minutes for this episode, and I, we can't even make it all the way through. By the way, using that new program where I could just put in the text and then only keep all the that's pretty awesome. Nice stuff. That was a really fast way to cut that out. Nice, but um, so we had uh, we had patriarchy, racism, mm-hmm. misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was all kinds of stuff in there, but I think she hit all the major woke points. Yeah. So the eating. See, this is the thing. As long as you just equate anything to all of these points, then. That's the only argument you need. You don't have to have any logical consistency of why eating meat is necessarily a bad thing. Climate change is in there. Sorry. Of course. Climate change, patriarchy, racism. And uh, just so you know, ladies, you know, when you eat that cheeseburger. You're helping misogyny. You're hating yourself as you eat it. Mm -hmm. It's it's impressive, honestly. And you're all just caving to the sexual politics of meat. (laughs) That's all it is. She talks uh, later on about sexy chickens and sexy pigs and cows and so. Oh man, it's so weird. This is this is late stage wokeness that we're seeing right here. Late Mm -hmm. stage wokeness, and uh, it's completely insane. Like I said, to uh, to start this off, there's a lot of arguments you could make to talk about why it's wrong to eat meat. Like like legit arguments. You know, my wife is vegetarian. She said she had meat accidentally one time in her life, and uh, which she doesn't give me any grief about it, so that's fine. She won't cook my food, which is surprising we stayed together this whole long. Yeah. But um, that's why I've been able to lose weight over the last little bit. But, uh, you know, she, she thinks that it's wrong to eat the animal, to kill the animals and eat them. And so you could make that argument if you wanted to. They're like, hey, this is a living thing, and we don't have to kill it. There's other stuff we can eat. Maybe back in the olden times, that's what we had to do, mm-hmm. okay? But now we could let these poor animals live instead of doing all the terrible things they mm-hmm. do to them so you can eat that burger. And you, you weren't can, saying your wife won't eat your meat. She won't cook it. Yeah, yes. She'll, She'll take Nate's meat. What he said. That's what he said. I didn't say that. He said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you could make that argument, and it would be a totally rational, heartfelt, true argument that you could make. But instead, you go towards misogyny and racism and climate change mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I like what Joe said here, too. Aren't plants alive? That's I mean, my wife is fully went off. She went off the cliff on this whole plant thing, this mm-hmm. plant thing that's going on. I feel bad for pl- and I'm being truthful. I feel bad for plants sometimes. She talks about her plants all the time as yeah. as they're alive and what, which they are. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm a bad plant mom and all this stuff. I'm like, no, baby, you're doing such a good job. <laughs> and uh, turns out you're not supposed to give plants cold water. Because mm. she read this some, thing like, some oh, you are. they're supposed to be filtered. So we have this, you know, filtered pitcher. Yeah. And so she was taking it out of the fridge and be like, oh, I'm giving you some filtered water. Um, but it was cold, and so some of the plants were mad about that. Mm, but they don't yeah. tell you anything. They just turn different colors. Yeah. So figuring out all those colors. But yeah, plants are alive, folks. So, I mean, I don't... What are you supposed to eat? Air? <laughs> I don't There's know. There's probably some kind of thing. I mean, molecules we're finding out are probably alive, too. So that's dumb bleep number four. Okay, crazy vegan lady. This has to be in here to be voted on. There's some notes in here from... So why... Stuff. This is why shrugging off Joe Rogan's use of the N-word is so dangerous. (laughs) So we accept the mainstreaming of a form of political violence that's as dangerous as the January 6th attack. These are just 
just little parts from the article. It's the same thing, folks. Mm-hmm. It's the same violence. Something else happens that that's even more deadly when people in positions of power use dehumanizing language to describe other groups. Atrocities often follow. Then they blame Rwanda. Yeah. This is not ancient history. Consider what happened less than 30 years ago in Rwanda when some 800,000 civilians were slaughtered in a three-month period in 1994. What triggered the violence in part were, were the messages that came from people in positions of power in Rwanda. Many, like Rogan, had a public megaphone and an audience. Don't let the Rogan N-word controversy devolve into another tired discussion about cancel culture. This moment is bigger. If Rogan goes on with business as usual, all of us, not just black people, will pay a price. Our country won't be the same. This is another January 6th moment. Mm-hmm. It is the same thing. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Now, I, let's give a little credit that he's not totally wrong in the fact that when pe- that people can use speech mm, yeah. to, uh, for instance, we could talk about World War II and the Jews. I'm not going to say the N-word. But we could talk about um, some guy giving several speeches, blaming a certain group of people. But that's the thing. How you use words matter. Mm-hmm. I don't think Rogan's... In fact, I know Rogan's not out there on his podcast talking to 11 million people telling everyone to go round up all the N-words. <laughs> it's not what he's saying. No. He's saying <clears throat> it's a weird word. The words are violence. The context matters on how you use words. So, that's it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, Joy. This is bleep number six. What do we got? Estimates are 50,000 Ukrainians will be dead or wounded. Yeah. And that this is going to start a humanitarian crisis, a refugee crisis in Europe. We're talking yeah. about 5 million people yeah. that, that are going to be displaced. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear what is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm scared of what's going to happen in, in Western Europe, too. Yeah. Ah. You know, you just, you plan a trip, you want to go there, I want to go to Italy for four years. I haven't been able to make it because of, of uh, the pandemic. And now this, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, who's going to, what's going to happen there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand where she's coming from. <laughs> All right. But I can't believe she said that in that context. Do you think she realized while she was saying it? Probably. Like, oh, crap, I did it again. She's like, oh, shit. Man. I meant to tell my mom this, but uh, I told all of the view. How just severely, like uh, like what uh, Bob McShay just said, how severely out of touch can you be? <laughs> the out-of-touchness of that statement right there is yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. People got real problems, you know? <laughs> like, she was going to go to Italy. She's been wanting to go there for four, for four years. Four years. Hasn't been able to go there. Because of the pandemic and stuff? I went to Italy. Yeah, she knew two years before the pandemic that she wasn't able to go there, apparently. Four years she's been trying to go to Italy. Wasn't able to. And who knows what's going to happen. <sighs> These And then they sit there and they just act like they've got everyone's best interest. That's all they think about are all the, the plights of the normal individual all the time. Mm-hmm. Just listen to everything they have to say. That's a good one. Oh, man. That, was, that was dumb. You get the read one from my favorite economist. This is where you get most of your news. It is. Or most of your economic news. Yeah. So that was number six, Joy Behar. I hope you enjoyed this recap episode. Once again, you can vote on these 
to get to a dumb bleep of the year by going to joingml.com. It's $6 per month. There's a bunch of really fun people in the group. We have tons of different channels uh, pertaining to different subjects. You can post news. We have a dumb bleep channel. We got a meme channel. We got stuff where people just talk about stuff that's off topic. And then, of course, you get to watch for all of our live episodes throughout the week. So that's joingmail.com. That's where you listen. And if you're not going to do that, you might as well make sure you're here for Dumb Bleep of the Year, which is going to be on December 30th. Thank you.